You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I want to point out two things uh, in reference to the character of God from a biblical standpoint. I first want you to consider Malachi, the third chapter, and verse 6. Turn that with me. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi, the third chapter. And I want you to consider verse Number six, again, I want to point out two things about the character of God. Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. And sons of Jacob is a reference to the children of God. The first trait I want to point out about God is that he, he does not change. No matter what happens, God is going to stick to his word. He's going to stick to his word because God is his word. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Goes on to say, and everything that was made was made by him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. God does not change. If he tells you something, he's going to do it. Because he cannot alter. He cannot alter. God changes not. Let's go to Hebrews, the sixth chapter. I want to point out another trait in reference to our God. Hebrews chapter six. Verse 18. I want you to really consider the middle part of the verse of Hebrews 6 and 18, which basically says to us, it is impossible. For God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Now let's put the two things together. God does not change and he cannot lie. 
That says I can trust God. That says I can trust God more so than anybody. Matter of fact, if the truth be told, it says that God is in a class by himself. Because who do you know that never changes and has never lied? Impossible for him to lie. Who do you know that's like that? It ain't your preacher, I tell you that. It ain't your granny, it ain't your mama, it ain't your doctor. It's no one you know that has the testimony of not changing and not lying. Nobody is that but our Savior, our Redeemer. The one who cleaned us up from the flow up. One who did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And if God changes not, if, if, if it's impossible for God to lie, that means I can trust him. Why, why, why can I not trust someone who has never lied? Who changes not? Why, why can I not trust someone who's going to do everything that is written in his will? If he says he's going to heal me, if he cannot lie, if he changes not, he's going to heal me. But see, we have a problem. Yeah, we have a problem. Matter of fact, tell somebody, we, we have a problem. Be, because there are times we don't believe that God is unchanging. There, there are times to where we even question the honesty of God. Because God has said to us on a number of occasions that he's going to do a particular thing. And we treated God as if he was a liar. And often we treat him like he changes or that he is a liar because he does not do things on our timetable. But the bottom line, if God does not change and, it, and he does not lie, it, it does not matter how bad the situation gets. If God changes not, he's still going to show up and do what he promised. Woo! He's still going to show up and do what he promise. He's still going to show up and be God. He's still going to manifest everything that he said. Why? Because he changes not and because it is impossible for him to lie. I don't care how worse it has gotten for you. If God told you he was going to bless you, he was going to make you the head and not the tail. Even though you're struggling right now, all you have to do is remember God changes not.
and it's impossible for him to lie. I got any happy folk yet. Preach to somebody, God does not change. And it's impossible for him to lie. That ought to be in you by now. That ought to be in your being by now. Preach to somebody else, God does not change. And it's impossible for him to lie. That means whatever you don't ask God to do according to his word, all you have to do is wait on him to show up and do it. You getting happy yet? God is not a man that he should lie, not the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? Come here, Isaiah. Once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him. Void, come here, Jesus. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not what God said. Come here, Hebrew writer. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense pinch of reward you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise come here revelation he is the alpha the omega the beginning and the ending he is the first and the last say to your neighbor God does not change and it's impossible for him to lie Therefore, don't panic. Don't panic. Yeah, the, the, the deadline has passed, but don't you panic. It ain't over until he says it's over. It ain't done until God puts his mark on it. He changes, and it's impossible for him to... Therefore, we can we can trust him. Don't panic. Don't move because somebody that does not have a relationship with God is telling you to move. Don't move because somebody is showing you their figures, their research, what they have come up with. Because if it's in contrast with what thus saith God, the Bible is clear. Let every man be a light. But let God be true. Why? He changes not. It is impossible for him to lie. God is bold. God is awesome. God is so awesome and so powerful to where he asks questions like, is there anything too hard for me? It's nothing too hard for him because he changes and it's impossible for him to And see, when it, when it comes to Psalms 46 
and one. The author understood it. That, that's the reason he, he opens up the verse with two profound words. God is. You better look at Psalm 46 and 1 one more time. Look at those two profound words. God is. The one that changes not. The one who has on his resume that it is impossible for him to lie. Is. Eels implies something genuine, bona fide, something that is not a part of somebody's imagination. It's real. It exists. See, 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 some folks questioning whether or not God exists. We, we don't have to question whether or not God exists. We can look outside and, and, and know ju- just by the wind hitting the trees that he exists. But we really don't even have to look at nature to tell that God exists. All we have to do is start looking at ourselves and looking at other folks and we recognize that God exists. Look at yourself. Nobody is identical to you. Even when they call folks identical twins, if you look on the surface, if you look real close, there is something distinct. Because God created every individual in a unique and special way. You didn't just form. You just didn't evolve into what you are right now. It was the hand of God that crafted you. It was the hand of God that molded you into the person you are right now. God is awesome. God, God, God took sin. Sin had messed us up, but God said, I, all I got to do is just put them on the wheel and, and just start working on them. I, I, I can get rid of that drink and I can get rid of that smoke and I can get rid of all that past and I can make them into a new creature. Paul recognized it and said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and then he said look everything has become new look at your brothers and sisters look at what God has done look at God's handy work that is in front of you beside you or behind you look at the masterpiece that God has made say to somebody don't you ever down yourself You are a masterpiece of God. You may not be exactly where you need to be, but God has done a work on you and it's evident that the hand of the master has been touching you, has been working on you from your crown to the sole of your feet. 
That's the reason Paul told the church we are God's handiwork. God has a hand on us. Some of us, we, we, we could have been the poster child for stupid. We were so stupid. But when God got a hand on us, started putting in us his knowledge and his understanding, we had to drop stupidity, we had to drop foolishness, and now we have the mind of Christ. Now we know how to think, we know how to talk, we know how to do, but it was because God put his hand upon us and we ain't been the same sense. Am I talking about you? God is. And see, he, he, he wanted to be encouraging to the children of God. So when he went further to say God is our he was letting the people of God know that when it comes to who God is in reference to his children, it's special. Now, now, now God is no respecter of person. But you have to understand this too. God is not fair. See, see, if God was fair, that, that means he going to give you an apple and he going to give me an apple. But see, that ain't how God works. God said, you're going to reap exactly what you sow. If you my child, you're going to reap exactly what I have ordained for my child or for my children to weep. If you are a sinner, you're going to reap exactly what I have ordained for you to reap. You say, what is that? The Bible is clear, Romans 6 and 23. The wages of sin is death. Now God will send the rain on the just and the unjust according to the scripture. But when it comes to your life and you're living as a sinner, the wages of sin is death. It's the reason as a child of God, you, you have to know that there is a distinction between a blood-washed, cleaned up, spirit-filled, just living child of God than a sinner that has rejected the goodness of God has rejected the grace of God there is a distinction God is our children of God First thing he mentions in the verse, our refuge. You got to know as a child of God, God is your refuge. Literally a refuge is, is a place to flee back to. 
It means when you, when you find yourself in need of a safe place. Find yourself in need of, of, of somewhere that you can be protected from the trials of life. Make sure you're in God. Say as to a child of God, when everything that can go wrong is taking place, the solution to your problem can be found in God. When, when, when it seems like you, you look for help over here and over there, but nothing is taking place, you need to change your focus. You need to do what David did. David said, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. Then he went on to say, after he had looked, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the one whom I belong to. Say to your neighbor, I'm a child of God. I belong to God. And, and don't ever get it twisted. Everybody is not a child of God. I said everybody is not a child of God. He is our refuge. And, and it's unique because when, when it comes to him being our refuge... We know it when we put confidence in him. That's the reason Proverbs 14 and 26 says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. When, you, when your confidence is in God, God going to protect you. When God see you coming to him for help, he, he's not going to turn his child away. God ain't low down. How can you think God is so low to where if, if, if you come to him, he's not going to help you. And you're his child. Oh, God ain't that low. Jesus told his disciples on, on one day, he, he said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall the Father give gifts to those that ask? He was letting them know that the, the Father of God would do much more than any human could ever do. One writer understood it and said, you can't, you can't outdo God. You can't outgive God. Even when we bring God his tithes and his offering, God is such a giver to where he'll turn around and bless you for giving him his own stuff. Who do you know will bless you for giving him his own stuff? Bring me my tithes and, and my offerings and then I'll open up the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing. You ain't even going to have room enough to receive. You know that ain't normal. But yet you have children of God that act as if when they ask God for something, he turns a deaf ear. 
or he does not move on their behalf. No, he is your refuge. But he requires you to have confidence to trust him to do everything that he said according to the written and the revealed will of God. But then he went on to say that God is also our strength in Psalm 46 and 1. God will strengthen you to the point to where you will be able to think, talk, and do what is essential and significant to be productive in life. He'll empower you to live a life above reproach. He will empower you to be able to fulfill your God-given purpose here on earth. God wants you to have strength. He wants you to have the ability to function in the manner that you need to function. Are you listening? I got to show you something. Go with me to Psalms 29. Let me show you something in reference to God's strength. Psalm 29. Y'all stick with me. This happened to anybody. Now look, look what he says specifically about his people in, in Psalm 29 and 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Uh, the Hebrew word shalom. Which first and foremost connotes prosperity ought to be productive. Help me read the verse. Ready? Read. The Lord will give strength to? With what? He going to give strength to who? I ain't got the power. Well, what, 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 why don't you ask God for some help? This thing is just really, let him empower you. Well, my mind, well, let him empower your mind. If I had most, well, let him do it. If he'll give, whose strength? His people. He will bless you with prosperity or peace. And understand this. Peace or prosperity connotes strength. If you are productive or prosperous in life, that says about you, you have strength. A child of God should never look at him or herself as being Weak. When God has promised, as well as delivered on his promise to empower his children. How many have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It means you got power. Acts 1 and 8. You shall receive power, or the Greek word deutimus, when? After the Holy Spirit has come. Upon you. So much power to where you will be a witness. 
not just a witness verbally, but a witness in every aspect of your life. When God empowers you, folk going to know that there's something different about you. Some folks going to know there's something different about you to the point to where they're not going to like you. There, there are going to be folks that ain't going to like you because, because they're going to look at your life and, and, and think and, and look at you and say, seem like she thinks she's somebody. No, it ain't that. But when God empowers you, You can't walk around as no weakling or no wimp or no pushover. Not when God truly empowers you. You ain't going to be nobody's flunky when God empowers you. Folk who used to push you around all of a sudden they recognize that you ain't going to let them push you the way they used to push you. Oh, God empowers you. She used to be quiet. Now she bold. She bold because she got a bold person on the inside of her. God will give his people what? Strength. You'll be able to go through things you never thought you would go through. You'll be able to deal with what normal folks can't even deal with. Folks will be wondering, how in the world is she going through all that in her body, but she's still giving God the praise? How in the world is she going through all them changes with that no good husband of hers, but she still got a smile on her face? Because God has given her the strength to deal with whatever she has to deal with. Woo, I got to throw something in here though. If you are acting like what you're going through, you're not relying on the power of God. If you are acting like what you're going through, you are not relying on the power of God. But when you can smile, when you can give God the praise in the midst of warfare, that says to me, you are a blood-washed child of God that recognize your Father has empowered you to think, to talk, and to do what is necessary for you to be productive in every aspect of your life. Am I talking about you? How find two folks and tell them God has empowered me. I ain't nobody's pushover. God done empowered me. Finally, in my clothes, the last thing he says, God is a very present help. I said a very present help. Say to your neighbor, you better not mess with me. <laughs> because I got some unseen help. And he don't play. God don't play when it comes to his children. God says things like, touch not my anointing. You better not do her no harm. You better not put your mouth on her. God is a very present 
there. God will be there quicker than you can call on him. You say, I'm going to go in here and pray, but God already there. Why? He's a very present help. The whole time Joe was going through it, God was right there. The whole time Daniel was in the lion's den, God was right there. The whole time the Hebrew boys were in the furnace of fire, God was right there. Say to your neighbor, just because God allows certain things to happen, don't get it twisted. He's right there. Ooh, he's right there. Where was God and all? He was right there. When Job got to going through things, God was so there to where he told Satan, he said, look, you can do this, you can do that, and you can do that, but you better not touch such and such. What was God doing? He was being a help to Job. He knew Job needed to go through trials. He had appointed for Job to go through hard times. But he was right there with Job to make sure that Satan didn't try to cross the line. Seem like God ain't hearing me. I'm going through all this in my body. Yeah, God permitting it. Because he going to use what you're going through, child of God, as a testimony to be a blessing to somebody else. If God was not there, that thing would have killed you. If God was not there, your mind would have blown. You would have went crazy. But because God was there, even though you were being troubled in mind, trouble on every hand, God would not allow it to go but so far. God will allow you to get to the edge but won't let you fall over. You got to understand that God knows how much pain you can take and don't is hurting in your body. The reason is not as worse as it can be is because God is a very present help. Say to your neighbor, God is with you right now. If you are a child of God. I said, God is with you right now. Look at somebody else and tell he's a present help. That means he's helping right now. I said, that means he's helping right now. I need somebody to do it just like I'm doing. Tell them, God is helping you right now. Go to somebody and tell them God is helping you right. Woo! Look at 
another person say, God is helping you right now. Don't you feel him? He's helping you right now. Don't you hear him? He's helping you right But the psalmist didn't just talk about how God is present with his children. Well, it seemed like he was on the north side, but, but not the south side. No, he's omnipresent. I had to throw that in before I move on. But listen to this. The psalmist did not just leave it at God is a very present help. But then he went on to say in trouble. See some folks think when you get saved you shouldn't go through anything. When you look in scripture those are the very ones that's going through. You see how much trouble Abraham went through? I mean, every city Abraham went to, he went through trouble. But, but the amazing thing is God would take the trouble and turn it into a blessing. You, you have to see the pattern of God. Abraham went from one city to another and every time he got in trouble God turned it into a blessing. And remember God changes. And so then when it, when it, when it came to Daniel Daniel and the Hebrew boys were taken from their homeland sent to a foreign land to be slaves. Sound like trouble to me. But get this, God took their trouble and turned it into a blessing. Y'all still ain't getting this. Joseph was trying to treat his brothers right, trying to treat other folk right, trying to do right by his master's wife, but winded up in trouble. God took the trouble Joseph was going through and turned it into a Say to your neighbor, sound like a pattern to me. Jesus healing the sick, opening up blinded eyes, making folks' life better. But then all of the sudden religious folks get vexed, get mad, have him thrown into prison. He go from having religious trials to regular trials. And when all is said and done, he is in a whole lot of trouble. But God took the trouble that Jesus was going through and turned it into a Look at your neighbor and say, sound like a pattern to me. Paul was 
was about to be shipwrecked. But then God turned all of his trouble around and blessed him. Sound like a pattern to Grab your Bible and look at somebody and say, the pattern didn't stop when the scripture ended. God is still being that same pattern. Look at your neighbor and say, whatever kind of trouble you're going through, God is going to turn your trouble into a blessing. You know what? He is a very present help in time of... And I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember... Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.